Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 25th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, we'll hear about a virtual event being held by the good folks in the college's Hughes Library, and we'll also learn how the Hughes Library staff is going above and beyond to serve students during the college's temporary period of remote learning. Mama senior Emma Hildebrand will look back on her very full Mammoth career as well as look ahead to what promises to be an exciting future for her. And Sports Information Director Dan Nolan will preview the sixth annual Fighting Scots Awards presented by MTC Communications. A Big Read book discussion will take place at 7 o'clock in the evening on Monday, May 4, via Zoom. Thanks to the folks at the college's Hughes Library, a planned discussion about the critically acclaimed book Lab Girl, which is a 2016 memoir published by American geochemist, geobiologist, and professor Hope Yarin will go on. The book discussion was originally scheduled to take place in person in April, and now it's going to happen over Zoom. The discussion will be led by three of Mama's best professors, Audra Goach, Laura Moore, and Marta Tucker. To learn how you can take part in the book discussion, check out the story that's posted in the news section of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu news. Spearheading the Zoom discussion is Sarah Henderson. She's Director of Library Services at the college. Sarah says that Lab Girl appealed to her for a number of reasons. I thought the book was very interesting because it I liked the way that she wove her career life and her personal life uh, together in the book. Um, the relationship that she has one of her with one of her colleagues, um, a working relationship that she has with her lab assistant. Um, it, it was very interesting and I think, you know, for any young woman who is interested in working in the sciences, um, it, it provides an, an interesting, interesting picture of it. And as Sarah points out, the three Monmouth faculty who will be leading the discussion about Lab Girl are outstanding in their field. All three of the ladies, um, Dr. Tucker, Dr. Tucker, Dr. Moore, and Dr. Goch, um, I have had chances to work with um, on various levels. All of them are very kind, just wonderful with students. And to have an opportunity to work with them on a project like this, uh, I just thought was fantastic. And and I hope that it's uh, a stepping stone and that we can work with them in the future on more projects. Since the college shifted to remote learning in late March, the Hughes Library has stayed open for business, albeit online. Because of the nature of our setup and our resources, the fact that we have an online chat, 
the fact that many of our resources are digital, we were able to continue to provide services to our students virtually uninterrupted throughout this whole time period. So students are able to still get materials through uh, interlibrary loan, through our databases. We are here to still provide reference services in any way we can. Um, we even have access to the collection in the building. So if a student needs something from our collection, we can mail it to them. We can photocopy a chapter for them. If students have challenges at home with technology, they can still email us or they can still call us. And we will answer any question over the telephone. Um, we have tried to provide access in as many different ways as we can. Um, and still provide access to all of the materials that we can, our vendors during this crisis. Sarah says that planning to serve the Monmouth College community in remote fashion began as soon as news broke about the COVID-19 virus in early 2020. When news of the COVID-19 was coming out in January and February, um, we were keeping an eye on it just in general to see how things were going to play out. And then as we got closer to March, we started thinking about what if, what if we needed to take a break from school? What if we needed to have an extra long spring break? And so we started thinking about how our services would transfer over to our students. And a big reason for the Hughes Library's success is because of a great staff coupled with great support. And it's just amazing how everybody is pulled together. Uh, the library staff uh, has been working remotely. Uh, Linda, uh, the archivist and cataloging librarian, and I um, are the two folks that have been going into the library to pull materials for students. But everybody has just been phenomenal. I can't say enough about them. Things have gone so well, I think, because I have just such an awesome staff at the library. I really can't say enough about them. They've worked so hard. Uh, they've hit the ground running when we found out we were going to be uh, closing the building to the public and, and making plans for them to work from home. Um, they do everything with a smile. They're just such a wonderful group of people to work with. And, you know, all of the success of the transition uh, is because of them. Um, the other thing that's been so wonderful is because of the support of the college, we've been able over the years to purchase the resources or subscribe to the resources that we have. And because of that, we do have a great collection of resources that made all of this possible to continue to help our students uh, in the alternative formats. Uh, so a fabulous staff, great support by the college. Uh, it's been a win-win for us in terms of making this whole transition as smooth as we possibly could uh, and continue to provide the best service possible to our students. Still, Sarah says that she and her colleagues miss what they love most about their work, and that's serving students, faculty, and staff of Monmouth College in person. But we miss that face-to-face, in-person contact. Uh, that's one of the things that I love about Mom's College and I, I love about our students is every day walking through that door and seeing students and helping them and watching them succeed and grow uh, as lifelong learners I think is just fabulous and, and so I'm excited for the day when we can all be together again. I think one of the neat things about Mom of College and Hughes Library is 
there's a synergy about it. You see somebody in the building and maybe you helped them two days ago with an assignment. And since that time, you found another source that you think will be fabulous for them. And you know them, you know their name. So you can say, hey, CJ, for example, because I helped CJ with something um, not long ago. And I could be like, hey, CJ, I found this great resource. I'm going to email it to you. Why don't you take a look at that and see what you think? Um, you know, just having that opportunity to know your students and know what they're working on and help build on that instead of having somebody be a number. Um, that is so important in this day and age. Uh, or, you know, knowing somebody is a, a fan of um, an author that you love and they have a new book coming out and you see that student walking across on their way to class, you can be like, don't forget, May 24th, the next book's coming out. Um, and, and having that rapport with them, um, I, I think the library is a fabulous place for that. That's Sarah Henderson. She's Director of Library Services at Monmouth College, and she's hosting a Big Read book discussion at 7 o'clock Monday evening, May 4, on Zoom. To read more about it, check out the story on the Monmouth College website in the news section, monmouthcollege.edu news. You're listening to the 1853 Podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Monmouth senior Emma Hildebrand has done more in her three-year college career than some college students do in five or more. The political science senior from Quincy, Illinois, has been an honors student, served as editor of the student-run paper, The Courier, and has been crowned Miss Quincy. She was recently accepted to law school at the University of Notre Dame. One of the big decisions Emma made this school year was to keep the Courier publishing, even after the college temporarily moved to remote learning in late March. Emma says that keeping the Courier going was about more than just publishing a student-run newspaper. The Courier has become, for the whole staff, just a part of our routine. It's something that we genuinely enjoy doing. It's, we genuinely enjoy getting together each week to talk about what's going on around campus and how we can improve the student morale or contribute to it. And so I think, you know, after leaving campus, we all miss it a ton. And we wanted to keep that going. We wanted to keep staying connected with one another and also keeping the student body connected, keeping, you know, the feeling of campus alive, even though we're all spread out across the country and the world. Um, so we really wanted to have something that students could continue looking forward to, which is why we decided to keep publishing, even though it is only online. So we decided, you know, each week we're going to pull together some articles that are either helpful for students, that students can look at for advice or for just a morale booster, or, you know, articles that are critical of what's going on around the world, of what's going on with our college, what's going on, you know, about graduations, about changes in schedules, about changes in kids' routines. We wanted to, you know, reflect how the student body is feeling. And so that's kind of why we decided to keep publishing and making sure that we're continuing as an organization to um, contribute to campus life and the zeitgeist of campus. Emma says that serving as editor of her college paper was one of the last things she expected when she enrolled at Monmouth. I've absolutely loved the experience so much. It's something coming into undergrad I, ne I never thought I would be doing because I was political science all the way. I had no interest in journalism or English like that. 
And, but once I got pulled into being a contributing writer, I genuinely enjoyed it because it was such an outlet to normal schoolwork. You could, you know, explore creative writing, uh, news writing, sports writing, whatever you wanted, whatever you're interested in, I could explore. And so being editor in chief became a goal for me because I just knew I enjoyed it so much and knew that I could do great things with this paper. And I'm so proud of the staff that I've had under me this past year because I think we really have done great things. Um, I've heard, you know, so many more people taking an interest in the career. I see so many people each Friday picking up a copy from wherever they are in the library or in the Huff or wherever. And it's just so, so great to see that, you know, our, our paper is bringing campus together again. Before Emma started her tenure as editor of The Courier this school year, she had a pretty eventful summer at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C. That was another incredible learning experience for her. Um, was able to intern in the White House in the Office of Political Affairs, also something I never imagined myself being able to do. Thanks to the help of actually a Monmouth alum and donor, I was able to stay out there with minimal expenses, so that was great. Um, but yeah, I was able to work in the Office of Political Affairs, which is kind of the office that's in charge of organizing all of the president's travel, all of his meetings across the country. Um, they, you know, organize everything from whose hand he shakes to the speech he gives to where he goes every single day. And so it was really interesting to be on that side of things, to be on the organizational side of things and see just how much goes into every single move that the executive branch makes. I worked a lot on what my particular job was, was um, public opinion and policy, um, kind of reading into policy and how the public reacts to it. And so every single day I was going through the latest polling data um, on everything from healthcare to, you know, the 2020 election, literally everything you could possibly find data on, I was going through daily and compiling spreadsheets for. And so I think, you know, as a population, we kind of feel like the executive branch doesn't hear us, doesn't listen to us. And it was just, it really helped me see just how much they try to, just how much they try every single day to stay connected to the American people, to understand what they want. I was able to pass those spreadsheets up and up and up. And so I think it's really good to see that, you know, we're small, but we are heard to some extent. So that's nice. And then earlier this calendar year, Emma started off 2020 with what could be considered a crowning moment when she was named Miss Quincy. She'll compete for the title of Miss Illinois in September. In high school, my senior year of high school, I ran for uh, Adams County Fair Queen. And it was mostly kind of an ode to my family because we're such huge fair goers. And my grandpa was actually unable to attend the fair the year prior. So I just did it, you know, for him. And so I never thought I'd win. But it it was a really cool experience. I gained so much from it in public speaking and interview skills. And so I think I've always kind of wanted to do another pageant after that. And so it was actually the night of my 21st birthday, not a great night to be making decisions, but I decided that night, I said, I'm going to do this pageant and I signed up for it. And my parents were like, oh my gosh, what are you getting yourself into? And I just wanted to do the best that I could. I wanted to have that pageant experience again and do a good interview and, you know, be able to speak on stage again in front of a lot of people. And I did really well and I was really proud of myself and being crowned has been such a neat opportunity. Um, I've been able 
to really interact with my community again on a whole nother level. And my platform or social impact initiative, as they call it, is called Empower the People Civic Education for All. And so I've been able to really, I have my own website, uh, www.empower-the-people.com, that I've been able to publish um, really good information on civic education, news, voting, polling, all that stuff. And to really help inform Adams County, Quincy area. And it's just been a dream to be able to interact with my community on that level. After Emma graduates from Monmouth later this month, she'll head to law school in South Bend, Indiana. Attending Notre Dame Law School to pursue my Juris Doctorate. Um, super excited. I've wanted to attend law school since I was in fifth grade. And on career day, I walked in with a little briefcase and told my fifth grade class I want to be a lawyer. Um, <laughs> pretty sure it was largely influenced by Legally Blonde, but <laughs> nonetheless, the dream has stayed the same. And so I'm really excited to, you know, pursue that new adventure um, come the fall. What makes Emma's college resume even more impressive is that she accomplished it all in three years. She was able to do that because of taking dual credit courses when she was in high school and because of excellent time management while a student at Monmouth. I mean, it's it's tricky. I think every liberal arts student goes through about the same thing because you are able to do whatever you want to do, which is such a, that's why I chose Monmouth College is because I knew I'd be afforded every single opportunity in the world if I took advantage. And it's tough. It's tough. But it was similar to what I had done in in high school. I just took one day at a time and I had every day I had my to-do list with priorities at the top and, you know, school always comes first, homework always comes first. And so after that, I, you know, it's, it declines in order of priorities and I took the list as I, as it came and one day at a time kind of a thing. And Emma says that the conclusion to our mammoth career has been very interesting to say the very least. For students right now, it's an interesting time. And I think especially for seniors in college and seniors in high school too, it's been tough. And I think the other night I, I was really upset. I think it kind of hit me. I had a meeting with one of my professors and he said, you're going to be done in a week and a half. And it just hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I only have a week and a half left of classes. And it kind of hit me too. Like, I don't have a lot to look forward to. You know, I don't have the same experiences that every senior before me has had. And it, it really got to me. It was a real bummer, I gotta say. And But nonetheless, you know, I've so appreciated everyone behind the scenes at Monmouth College that's made the experience as easy as it can be, as smooth as it can be. And they've really helped us all, I think, stay hopeful, especially seniors, knowing that we are going to have a virtual ceremony and we are going to have the opportunity to come back to campus in the fall. And so I think that's really helped me stay hopeful. But it's a bummer. And I think, too, uh, doing the law school search experience has been just completely changed for me. I wasn't able to visit a single campus. I wasn't able to do any of that. And so having to decide sight unseen is is new. It's very new. I know I visited Monmouth three times before I picked it. So it's tough. But, you know, one day at a time. And I think it's important to see all the positive things that are going on and being able to spend time with my family and to recenter and focus on the important things in life. That's Mama's senior Emma Hildebrand. She's editor of The Courier this school year, a political science senior, Miss Quincy 2020, and soon-to-be law student at the University of Notre Dame. To check out The Courier online, point your browser to monmouthcollegecourier.org. The final issue is being published on Friday, May 1. 
I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and you're listening to the 1853 Podcast. In less than a decade, the Fighting Scots Awards, presented by MTC Communications, has become one of the main spring events on campus. The annual event recognizes excellence, leadership, and scholarship among Monmouth's top-notch student-athletes. It goes without saying that the six annual Fighting Scots Awards presented by MTC Communications will be very different from the previous five. Joining us to preview this year's ceremony is Mama's Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MamaScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. Dan says that although this year's Fighting Scots Awards will be virtual rather than in person, they will still be a special moment for Fighting Scots fans. But we are going to uh, to uh, broadcast. It'll be uh, going plausibly live on uh, Wednesday, uh, May the 6th at 7 p.m. We'll be uh, airing that on our Monmouth College Athletics Facebook page. There'll be a, a watch party on that. And then if you want to tune in later, uh, and, uh, and watch it. Uh, we'll be on the Monmouth College uh, Institutional uh, YouTube channel. So a couple of ways to watch. Uh, and uh, we're going to get together. Uh, President Wyatt will be there, and, and uh, uh, Coach uh, Haynes uh, will be there. Uh, coach John Goddard, retiring softball coach, will be on hand. And I believe Jay Griswold from uh, MTC Communications will have a few uh, comments also. Uh, that's about where the normalcy ends. Uh, we're, we're going to be uh, doing the awards kind of as normal. Uh, we'll be giving you all of the nominees for each category, and then we'll be announcing those. We'll also be honoring uh, the academic uh, all-conference and uh, region and, and national award winners, and then uh, we'll be doing our usual thing of introducing the uh, all-Americans, all-region, and all-conference uh, kids. Uh, but something new this year, uh, and I, I think the viewers are going to like this, uh, after we announce the award winners, most of them will have an acceptance video that will be airing. Uh, so that's that's something uh, great and, and uh, especially uh, nice for the winner of the Fighting Scott Leadership Award, which is our, our highest honor we will give out, uh, but also the Kim Mead uh, Outstanding Female Athlete Award winner will be uh, uh, giving us an acceptance speech also. Uh, so that's uh, something a little extra that we're doing this year. Uh, the ceremony won't be nearly as long as it was last year. I think we went almost an hour and a half last year. Um, so we're, we're trimming this down to about uh, 30 minutes, but that doesn't uh, diminish the, the great uh, things that our, our student athletes and our teams have done this year. Dan says that the ceremony, whether it's held virtually or in person, wouldn't be possible at all without some very special help from some very special folks. We've got to really uh, throw some thank yous out to, to uh, people that have helped us uh, do this. Uh, first of all, MTC Communications has been a great sponsor for Fighting Scots Athletics. And uh, uh, without their help, we wouldn't be putting this uh, on uh, to begin with. Even the first one would not have happened. Um, and then our, our tech people on, on the Monmouth College campus, uh, uh, you know, Tim Kramer's uh, doing a yeoman's job of putting the videos together for us, and Emily Renwick with the, the social media, and Tim Bridge with uh, the actual 
on-air uh, internet uh, access. So yeah, it's really been a combined team effort. And uh, I really can't say enough about the MTC Communications and our staff that uh, they've really gone above and beyond to, to get this uh, put together. So Few people know Mammoth Athletics better than Dan Nolan. His media career spans four decades. He says this spring is ranked up there with being the weirdest event he's experienced while covering sports. Well, you know, th- this year, this is uncharted territory for everyone this year. Our, our season uh, came to a screeching halt there about the second week of March. And uh, it was uh, just a, a shock for everybody. I, I think when we started that, uh, that process of getting the information on COVID-19, we were thinking, well, maybe we can get some games in. And, and uh, then within about a week, it was obvious that that just wasn't going to happen. And, uh, uh, but that, that's probably the number one weirdest thing that's happened in, in my career uh, here at the college and, and uh, before that, uh, almost 20 years in radio covering games. One of Dan's many responsibilities at Monmouth is to produce a great weekly e-newsletter called Scott Scoop. It's published every Thursday morning, and you can subscribe to it on MammothScots.com. In the first COVID-19 issue of Scott Scoop, Dan wrote a column explaining what the abrupt ending to spring college sports meant to him and others who work in his field. When I did my first one, um, it was kind of a healing process, really. And it was a case of, here, all of a sudden, we were done. Uh, it wasn't a, a situation where uh, the, the teams could get together. Now, women's uh, water polo was, was fortunate. They were already on campus, and so they knew their season was over. So they had a chance to, to have some closure. Uh, but for the, the teams and uh, for sports information staff, we didn't get the chance to really close anything out. Uh, so I, I wrote the, uh, the column uh, just kind of explaining what it felt like. And uh, probably I, I searched and searched for the right way to uh, describe that. And I think the, the way that I came up with uh, fit for me is like, you know, I said, it was like when you get up in the middle of the night and uh, your spouse has shut the bedroom door and you didn't know it and you walk right into it. That's exactly what it felt like. It was like getting hit right in the face with a two by four. Like I needed to explain uh, to non-sports people that, uh, that this was really a situation that impacted everyone, not just the student athletes, not just the coaches, uh, but everybody, the, the, the statisticians, our staff, uh, you know, they got, uh, my, my student workers uh, got shorted about two months uh, of a paycheck uh, right out of the gate. And uh, you, you get pretty close with those kids because you rely on them for everything. And uh, I've actually been in, in contact with uh, a few of them uh, during the break. And uh, one of my freshmen said he, he really, he didn't realize it, but he really misses working uh, in the sports information office. So he- That's Mammoth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan, the man behind MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. And don't forget about the sixth annual Fighting Scots Award presented by MTC Communications. It'll be held next week. To read more about it or to find it on Facebook, just go to MammothScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. 
And that's going to be a 30 for this 25th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy.